right, good morning. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I hope this morning will be a help to you and an encouragement to you. <clears throat> All right, would you take your Bibles with me and turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. While you're turning there, I don't like to air out my dirty laundry in front of everybody. But my wife and I were having a discussion on the way into church this morning about how much money you should spend on Christmas. Okay, so I need everybody to help me out just a little bit, all right? <clears throat> Raise your hands if you, if, with me if you would, because my wife needs to see this. Okay? How many of you have a budget for Christmas? Would you raise your hand? Okay? Look, at, look around, look around. Okay, I'm talking like we spend X amount of money on per person, or we just have this much money to spend on Christmas. Anybody else want to add to that? Okay? We've got to feel like, I'm not really sure. Depends on whose credit card it is. I like that. Okay? So in having this discussion, I actually started looking up some stuff, okay? The average Canadian household spends $1,300 on Christmas gifts every year. $1,300, okay? Let me, let me put that into perspective for you. My wife likes Tim Hortons coffee. Do you know how many Tim Hortons coffees that is? Approximately 650. You could buy two coffees a day for the entire year on what most Canadians spend on their Christmas budget. Not only that, I looked this up. How much does it cost to heat your home every year? Yes, about $1,300. To heat your home, and probably that's going up now, but whatever. Okay, so I don't know about you, but this was the discussion that we had this morning. I'm done. I'm done spending money on Christmas. Like, what is the point? It's, it's ridiculous. I'm sick and tired of spending money on people who will not, who are not, who don't want to be close to me. Right? In-laws. Right? Listen, yeah. does anybody agree with me? All right, we got a couple brave men. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest, okay? I'm sick and tired of spending money on my kids who think they deserve everything. Dad, get me that. Dad, get me that. Dad, get me that. No, I'm done. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm sick and tired of spending money on my wife. <laughs> Don't give me that. Who next year will just want something else again? Done. Like, honestly, though, think about this. What is the point of spending all this money on stuff that really, honestly, we're never going to use? Let's be honest. I have a garage full of stuff. I'm done. My kids have toy bins upon toy bins upon toy bins of stuff. What's the point? What is the point of spending any more money? If anybody does use the presents that we buy them, you know what they use them for? To re-gift. Come on, don't lie to me. You do it too. Re-gifters. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Don't you love your kids? Yes, I love my kids, but I'm not buying them anything else. 
But it's, it's your kids, Pastor Yeomans. Don't you understand? They need to know that you love them. They need to know that it's Christmas and that they get stuff. I'm just done. We're done. We had this discussion. I'm done. I'm not buying my wife anything else. We're done. We've agreed. Done. Well, maybe I agreed. She didn't agree. And let's be honest. Nobody ever actually really gets me anything that I want anyway. So what's the point? I'm not going to buy something for somebody who won't get me something that I want in return. I get clothes. Who needs clothes? Gross. Terrible. I don't want any more. I have enough is what I'm trying to say. You need some clothes, okay? Just done. Doesn't, doesn't, it's, it's not enjoyable anymore. The only way that I might change is if somebody actually finally, admittedly, would get me something really amazing this year. Then I'd change my mind. Some of you are like, what in the world? Listen, I don't do this often, but I had to get this off my chest. Okay? Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. Get back to the message here. I don't know what that had to do with anything. Listen, some of you are looking at me like really frustrated. Like, what are you talking about? You can't do that. Well, why can't we? Some of, you are like, some of you are looking at me like kind of upset that I would be so selfish as to say, hey, why, why would I get anybody something if I don't get something myself? I don't know. It's the way I feel. Again, maybe, maybe I'll get something really good this year. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. That was all a hoax, okay? I'll be clear. I am going to buy my kids Christmas presents. I'm going to buy my wife something every year. I did that for a reason. Every single one of us thinks, what in the world is he talking about? You're laughing, you're having a good time because you think, that's ridiculous. But here's the reality. There are some of us that sit in this room today that will do this with the real, the true reason for Christmas. The true reason for Christmas is Jesus Christ. And some of us will sit here and say the exact same things that I just said and will say them without a flinch about Jesus Christ. Well, I'm sick of it. I've been giving for so many years and guess what he's never done? He's never given anything back to me. Maybe if he were to give me something good, then perhaps I would give back to him. I'm sick of it. I'm done. And I've given my time, I've sacrificed my resources, I've done all kinds of things for Jesus, and what has he done for me in return? Nothing. Sick of sacrificing for someone I will never see. Sick of giving to someone who thinks or who knows that he is the center of the world. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing my hard work passed on to somebody else who I know, who I know does not deserve it. And I've done all this giving, and I've sacrificed, and I've sacrificed, and I've sacrificed, and I'm never seeing any blessings. I'm done. I'm done with Jesus. I'm done with him. Unless he gives me something pretty amazing, then I'll serve him. Not so funny anymore, is it? 
We want to see how ridiculous it is. Some of you said to me in your mind, you're like, but Pastor Yeomans, it's your kids. Pastor Yeomans, it's your wife. That was the biggest eruption I got is when I said I'm not buying my wife any more presents. But Pastor Yeomans, it's your wife. Some of you guys are already planning on taking me out to eat afterwards and sitting me down and saying, don't do this. Don't do this. Listen, but we have this exact same attitude with the, the reason for Christmas. This exact same attitude with Jesus Christ. I'm not going to give him any more. I'm sick of it costing so much. It's just sacrifice after sacrifice. Listen, just like you would have told me, it's not about the cost. It's about loving and showing people that you love them, the same people who love you. I'm going to take you to our story today in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible says this. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. When they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and he said, Go and search diligent for the, for, excuse me, diligently for the young child. When ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity that you've given us. Father, I pray that as we look at this passage of scripture today, that, Father, you would change us. You would mold us into your image, in the person that you want us to be. Father, we pray that if there's one person here that doesn't know you as personal Savior, that today would be the day they know you. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. My goal over the next couple of weeks is to bring the characters of the Christmas story to life. To bring them to life in a, in a way that not just says, okay, this is what it was like way back then. But to put ourselves in that situation. So I want to ask you this question again. I asked you last week, have you ever wondered what the Christmas story would be like if you were a part of it? Have you ever wondered what the Christmas story would be like if you were a part of it? Today I want to look at these wise men. So let's 
take a little bit more of an in-depth look at this story. Number one, I just simply want you to see this. They came to worship him. They came to worship him. Notice with me verse 1, the end of verse 1. They come, Bethlehem, um, in the days of Herod. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, notice, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For what purpose? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. We've seen his star in the east and we are come to worship him. I want you to notice this. This was their entire purpose. That's it. That's where they end. That's the end of it all. We are come to worship him. They did not say, notice with me, they did not say we are come to worship him and hope that he blesses us. Not what they said. They did not say, hey, we are come to worship him and we have a few petitions that we want to ask of him. Not what they said. They were not looking for anything to receive from Jesus. They were simply coming to worship him. It is estimated that these men traveled over 2,000 miles. 2,000 miles. It's really unknown as to where they come. We just know they come from the east. That's it. The east. It, it, it has been recollected that perhaps they came from Babylon. Which, by the way, do you know who was in Babylon? Daniel was in Babylon. Daniel wrote a lot about Jesus Christ in his writings. And you know what? Maybe they were studying his writings there in Babylon. We have no idea. We just know that they came from the east just to worship Jesus. Just to worship him. That is their only purpose. I want you to understand that this morning. That was their only purpose was just to worship him. But notice this with me. Notice verse 3. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled. <laughs> and all Jerusalem with him. Notice this verse 4. When he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And in verse 5, they quote Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. They said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not thou the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So I want you to see that this whole idea, the king, King Herod, he's sitting there and these wise men come to him and said, hey, where's the king of the Jews? And he's going, hey, I'm the king of the Jews. They're like, no, 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 we don't want you, we want the real king of the Jews. And so he begins to inquire of the scribes, hey, guys, where are, where is Jesus supposed to be born? And they come up with it seemingly pretty quickly. The second thing I want you to write down is this. No one else wanted to worship him. Do you get that? Like Bethlehem, Jerusalem to Bethlehem. Guess how far away it was? Five miles, approximately eight kilometers. Don't miss this. The wise men had traveled 2,000 miles. Again, give or take. These men that are sitting here, they know where Jesus is supposed to be born. They understand that this is now the time frame because we are come to worship him. They understand, get this, not one of them wanted to travel five miles to go see Jesus. Not one of them. The Bible does not say that, hey, as they went through Jerusalem, they picked up a few more. 
Not one of these pen, these men, these scribes, these, quote, wise men here in Jerusalem, not one of them wanted to see Jesus. Not one of them wanted to make the trip five miles. Again, the wise men had traveled for months, if not a, over a year, to see Jesus. But not one of these people in Jerusalem made the one-day trip to Bethlehem. Half a day's trip to Bethlehem to see baby Jesus. Does this not describe 21st century Christianity to a T? So we sit here in a comfortable building. We have tools at our disposal that people in the world have never had before. We can worship Jesus anytime, anywhere, any place, with unlimited amount of resources, yet we do not. We're just a few short miles away. We're just a few short breaths away. We're just a few short steps away, yet we sit here day after day, week after week, and we come and you say, Pastor Jones, I'm here today. Isn't that something? Well, yes, that's good. But many of us don't make an attempt to worship him on a regular basis. The question is this, why didn't they? I always like to ask why in the Bible. Now, I want you to understand this is only a theory. This is not Bible, but this is just a theory. Look at verse 3 again with me. And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Herod's not too happy about this. He's troubled by it. But I want you to notice, and all Jerusalem with him. Shouldn't they be happy that Jesus is here? The Messiah has come? Shouldn't they be excited about this? Yet all Jerusalem is troubled. Perhaps this. Perhaps they saw how much it troubled the king. And they didn't want to upset him anymore. Oh, if, if, I, if I trouble the king, if I upset the king, he might off with my head, or he might remove my position, or he might do this, or he might do that, and maybe Rome will come down and infiltrate the city and just completely take us off. I have no idea, but can I put it to you this way? 21st century Christianity has kings in our lives that we don't want to upset. We say, what might that be? Ourselves. We don't want to upset ourselves. We like doing what we like to do, don't we? We don't want to upset ourselves. We don't want to upset the balance of our lifestyle. We don't want to upset the balance of our job or our workplace or the place we go to school. Or We don't want to upset it. And so we're not going to come and worship Jesus because we don't want to upset that other king in our lives. The list could go on and on of what things we could upset, but here we sit in church, getting close to Christmas, and most of us are unwilling to make any attempt to worship the King of Kings. Again, you say, no, 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 I, I, I made the trip here today. Some of you traveled more than five miles to be here today. Thank you for coming. But hear me, Sunday ought not to be the only day we worship Jesus. Tozer said this. If you will not worship God seven days a week, you do not worship him on one day a week. Worship always involves giving. 
You see what they did? They presented unto them gold and frankincense and myrrh. By the way, these are no minuscule little items. And they probably weren't in little jars like this. I mean, they were presenting unto the king of kings. They were coming in. Their entourage, their trumpets were blowing. They were coming in. They were presenting to the king of the Jews gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when they did, they fell down and worshipped him. This was costly for them. This was a huge, huge deal. They had sacrificed they had given up a year, if not more, of their lives just to get there, and they had to spend that much time getting back. For what purpose? To worship the king of kings. By the way, did anyone notice the gifts that Jesus gave them? Anybody notice that? We always skip this part in the Christmas story. You have to notice what Jesus gave them. Notice with me, the Bible doesn't say it. The Bible never says that Jesus ever gave them anything. Jesus didn't give them a blessing. Jesus didn't give them anything. Notice this, Jesus was a baby. A little child. There was nothing that he could give them. So you might ask the question, why would you come worship him? Why would you come worship him? Notice with me all the way back to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. The Bible says this, and she shall bring forth a son. Speaking of Mary, notice this, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Watch this. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled by, fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be a child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. I want you to notice the two names that are mentioned in these two passages, these two verses. Jesus literally means Savior. Notice again in that verse, it says, And he shall save his people from their sins but in verse 23 the bible says this that he shall call his name emmanuel which being interpreted which literally means god with us hear me emmanuel jesus god with us for the purpose of saving his people from their sins so let me ask you this question why would the wise men Worship Jesus. Had he done this yet? Had he saved his people from their sins yet? No. Why would they worship him? Let me, let me submit this to you today. They worshiped him for who he was. Let me say that one more time. They worshiped him not for what he could do or what he was going to do. Hear me. They worshipped him for who he was. Pastor Yeomans, that's your wife. Pastor Yeomans, that's your kids. Can I submit to you today? 
Bible Baptist Church, it's Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. He came to save you from your sins. Who is Jesus? He is the Savior. Hear me, whether you believe that or not, He is the Savior. He came to save you, you, you from your sins. He already has paid the debt. We see in just 33 years from this moment, just 33 years from this moment, Jesus would die on the cross for you. Oh, he would die on the cross for the wise men. He'd die on the cross for Herod. He'd die on the cross for Mary. He'd die on the cross for Joseph. He'd die on the cross for his disciples. He'd die on the cross for your mom. He'd die on the cross for your dad. He'd die on the cross for every single person in the world, including you. For what purpose? Because your sins, because of your sins. Listen, he's already paid the debt for you. He's already accomplished the work for you. He shed his blood for the payment for your sins. He's already done that for you. Yes, you who sit here today. He's done that for you. Tozer also said this, and I love it. God already put me so far in debt that if I were to live one million millenniums, I couldn't pay him for what he's done for me. I want you to understand this. We are on the other side of this thing now. Christ has already done something for us. He's already done everything. He's paid the penalty for our sins. Our sins condemn us to death and hell for the rest of eternity. Yet Jesus came and conquered it. Jesus came and paid that penalty for you. Listen, we already have a debt. We're so indebted to him. He's already done everything to us. Yet, many of us sit here and we still just say, well, unless he does something great for me, I'm not serving him anymore. I'm not going to worship him anymore. He's already done it all. We are so far in debt that if we were to live one million millenniums, we could not pay for what he's done. Jesus has already reached out to us. Can I ask you, will you just worship him for who he is? This Christmas, our theme verse kind of for this month is 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. The Bible says, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. Why? As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let me ask you this question in closing. What would Christmas be like if you were the wise men? I mean, where you sit right here today. What would Christmas story, what would the Christmas story be like if you were the wise men? Would you just sit and think, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, there's a savior of some, you know, world coming, and that, that's nice. I'm not going to inconvenience myself for that. I'm not going to take a year-long trip for that. I'm, I'm not going to spend that kind of money. It's going to cost me too much. It's nice that he's coming, don't get me wrong, it's nice that he's coming. But I'm just not going to go worship him. I'm not sure if I'm up to it. It's going to be a hard, long trip. 
Listen, will you make all kinds of excuses? Let me ask this question. Would there even be wise men in the Christmas story if you were one of them? Or will you be like these wise men and come to Jesus today? Today. Let this message be somewhat like that star in the east. A beacon of which you say, oh man, I've just been introduced to Jesus and I need to come worship him. I challenge you to reach out to him today. But not for what he can do for you. Listen, what he's already done and who he already is. Come worship him. And as you come to worship him, can I encourage you with this? You've already received the most precious gift that you could ever receive. Won't you bring your best to him today? Yeah, but that's going to cost me a lot. Yeah, you know what? Christmas stinks. And it's going to cost me a lot. You know what? There's a lot of other things I could do with $1,300. Do you know how many fishing rods I can buy for $1,300? I'd love to buy just one for $1,300. That would be amazing. Hear me. There's a lot of other things you can do with your life. But the best thing that you can do is fall down at the feet of the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. And just say, you are worthy to receive honor, power, and glory. Because by thy hand were all things made. And for your glory... They are and were created. Will you worship him today? If you've never come to Jesus, would you come to him today? Say, Jesus, I need my sins erased. I need something new in my life. I've been sitting here for too long. It's time. Won't you do that today? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity you've given us. Father, thank you for Christmas. All that it means, all the opportunities that we have. Father, if there's one here today that does not know you as personal Savior, I pray that today would be that day. They reach out and take your hand. It's been outstretched to them for so long. They would reach out and take it and trust you to save them from their sins. Father, for the rest who've already accepted, Father, would we give up this notion of, God, do something for me, and just say, God, you've done it all. You are, you are my king. Father, would you help us all, whether we can physically or not, to bow down and worship you today, not just today, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and for the rest of our lives, just worship you. Father, may we see a difference in the world because of it. 
Father, we give you the praise and the honor and glory for all that's done here today. We ask all these things in Jesus' name.